You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. Ah, welcome again. I'm back. Uh, 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 It is, again, indeed, man, just a plum pleasing pleasure uh, to be before you and to be able, man, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I count it indeed a privilege uh, to do uh, exactly that. And so with that being said, because I have a limited time, I'm going to go ahead and get started into today's message. And so prior to me doing that, let me offer up a short prayer, and then we will be looking at uh, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 14 through 21. Once again, this text has really wrecked my heart again. It's like God, he does that often now. Uh, that, that there is a particular piece of passage, man, that God just really deals with me personally before I'm able to even preach it. And so I thank God for that. And so let's pray and then we'll start. Father, we thank you. For once again, God, for allowing us to gather together. We thank you for who you are, God. We thank you, Father, that you are so loving and so kind to us. And for those who are saved, it is a privilege that we can call you Father, Daddy, and Abba. But the Bible makes it clear that's only because the Spirit of God lives inside of us. So, Father, I pray now that the Holy Spirit would do a marvelous job in making Christ majestic, glorious, and marvelous. God, we thank you again. Now, Father, I come weak, I come trembling, I come nervous. So, Father, I pray now, God, that whatever is done here today, that your spirit will do it all. That man's faith will not rest on the way I word something or how I say a phrase, God, but that, God, that their faith may rest in the power and demonstration of your spirit. That's my prayer, God, today. Will you please do it for your glory? and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's about this time of year where we become very thankful for turkey uh, and ham, dressing and yams, turnip greens and mustard greens, all kind of greens. Then we have fried chicken, baked chicken, all these Chickens, that, 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 when we gather, that, that when we gather at this table, man, we become very thankful for what God has allowed to take place in the stove and yet on this table. And we become very, God, and we thank God, God, just God for, for, for what, you have, what you are doing in us and through us, God, to, to be at these functions, God, to, to represent you. It's, it's a privilege, God, that when I gather around lost friends, lost family, the there I am, God, there to represent you. What an honor and 
privilege it is. And it should cause us to be very thankful and very grateful that God allows this to happen. But I have a quick and short question for you. When was the last time you thanked God for the Holy Spirit? You know, it's, 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 it's amazing because when I look at the life of Christ, when I look at his, his whole aim was to make the Father famous. His whole goal was to make big God who, is, who, who, who was and is the creator of all things. And then he says over in John 14 that he was going to now give us another helper who would now come in and live in those who would believe in his name. And his sole job, this helper, this paraclete, this, his sole job would be to make big and famous Jesus Christ. And yeah, and th- there is no doubt. At, at, at Stonegate, we make Jesus big. We make him, we, we live to make him famous. But here is my fear that I think that you think that it's you doing that and not the Spirit doing that. That we tend at times to take credit for what the Spirit of God's sole job is to do, and that is to make Christ be in the lost world. He's, he's, he, he's the quiet kept secret. That, 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 that because of some guys who are charismatic and they teach a lot of false doctrine when the phrase or when the name Holy Ghost, King James name, or the Holy Spirit is, is mentioned, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's going to happen? What freaky or what abs- absurd doctrine is about to be preached? And can I tell you today, none But here is my one goal and aim in this. And that we would leave here thankful and giving God glory for God the Spirit dwelling inside of me. Can you just think about that just for one short moment? That God, if you are saved, lives inside of you. Here is my question, though. How much of that God do people see? I believe that for, for, for some saints, not us, that we're living below our means. That this, that this life in John 10, 10, that Christ, that, that he's come to give you life and life more abundantly. I, I believe that most of us are not living that abundant life. Now, I'm not talking about driving a Jaguar or a Bentley or having a... I mean, I mean this life, man, that we're, 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 we're see, it allows us to do stuff that natural folk just cannot do. Are you living the supernatural? <laughs> God, um, when, when, when people see what you do, they talk about God and not you. It's just supernatural. A few weeks ago, and, and I'm going to get to, I'm get to y'all. Hold on. A few weeks ago, back in October, there was, it, it was going around 
uh, and redemption group, that that was a particular guy who got saved. And there was this radical change. I mean, this this, this rabbit, this guy just changed. He, he went from dark to light overnight. And most of us were shocked as if God has stopped doing that kind of stuff. He's still doing it today. He's still working miracles today. We just become callous or, 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 or insensitive or we don't believe that God is still doing the miraculous things. He really is. There's a prof at my school named Dr. Paul Hoskins. So I, you know, I sat down and, 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 and I told him my story. He said, Dr. Sir, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see the cat of the guy, guy, not cat, guy, that you described in your past. I, I, to me, you a big, bald, black teddy bear. <laughs> his words, his words. I don't, I don't see it. Where is that person? It's gone. Not because of anything that I've done. It's all the work of the Spirit of God. And I, and, and I just, uh, yeah, yeah, listen, listen, I am not perfect, I promise you. I got some issues. I promise you that. But for the most part, God has done a marvelous work in my life. And I can take and get no credit for it. It's that your story. Is God doing some things inside of you when people hear and see you and say, what happened? Jesus. (laughs) Jesus and the person and the work of the Spirit has changed me. And yeah, 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 this this thing that I, I am describing, Paul wants to get to in Ephesians Chapter 3. Now I'm there. <laughs> Paul prays three prayers, two prayers in, in, uh, in this book. First is in chapter 1, and then here we, we're going to cap out at the second prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. And man, when I just start reading this prayer, man, I just like, God, help this prayer come alive in my life. So I, I'm going to read it and then I'm going to briefly discuss it over the next few minutes. Okay? Okay, here we go. Ephesians chapter 3 verses uh, 14 through 21. It says, for this reason, now Paul, he's going back to Ephesians chapter one, I mean, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. When you look at this text, Ephesians 2 to 13, it's like Paul, he digressed some. And so at, chap- at verse 14, he gets back to his topic that he started on in, uh, uh, in, in verse 1. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, 
for whom everything in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know by experience the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. With all the fullness of God. I love verse 20. Now unto him (laughs) who is able to do far more abundantly than all you can ask or think according to the power at work in us, within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ, Jesus, throughout generations, forever and ever. I want to uh, just make sure that, that you see this. Uh, what this particular prayer does not assume. So, it's, so, so you see it on the uh, screen. It says, this prayer assumes that the Christian life is not automatic. Life from God comes as a gift, but it is not magic. Here it is, y'all. It is a life of engagement with God's Spirit who makes Christ in his purposes known. We can't take for granted that you're going to live this abundant life promised in John 10, 10. It doesn't come by you just sitting at the house chilling. You have to be engaged in the work and the person of the Spirit that he, might, that he might then reveal to you Christ and his will for your life. It is the Spirit doing all of this. He's the one revealing. He's the one changing. He's the one uh, uh, convicting and, and converting. It's the job of the Spirit throughout, and he's the one giving you this, this, this life and this life, this joy. It's like, have you ever been around some happy Christians? Now, y'all, now, 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 sometimes they make me, hey, man, you're sad, but, but you know. I mean, why, why are you always happy? I mean, I mean why are you always, where does, where does this joy come from? And they would tell me, man, from me loving and spending time with Christ. That, man, that, that because they spend this time and, that, and because they obey him, that now there's this joy that they have that, 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 that's unspeakable and full of glory. They're just joyous Christians. But on the other side, have you ever been around some depressed Christians? Like, man. Do you really know Jesus? What's your issue? I mean, there are just some, there are just some depressed, and yeah, listen to me, I'm, I'm not making light because we do have these rough seasons. But at some point in time, it, the Spirit, he's prompting and he's convicting you to like, turn back to Jesus. 
He is the source of your joy. Not something new, not a job, not a car, not more money, not a baby. Jesus is his job to turn you back to Jesus. Amen. You cannot do this in of yourself. So Paul prays this. Look, look what Paul prays. So Paul prays that the, that the Father would grant the Ephesians strength in their inner being. Now, Paul says this. That he bowed his knees. That if you understand Jewish customs, that their custom was normally to, to stand and pray. But when it comes to, but, but, but when it came to a, a real issue, something that, that, that was really uh, deep in the hearts, you will find the times kneeling down. It, it, it is to signify that, that, that God has given them a unique, you find it with Daniel, we find it with, even with Christ, that he's given them a unique burden. And then it's, it, it, it's a position, some say, of reverence to God. And so Paul, he, 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 he falls down on his knees and he begins to pray this prayer. So what you're going to find me doing during this Sermon is kneeling down and praying that God would really blow you up by His Spirit. He's saying that He's praying that God, that He's praying. To the Father, that Father, would, 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 would you please, would you please strengthen and give power to their inner being? Paul is not praying for materialistic stuff first. He realizes that the main thing that every Christian needs to first be prayed for is that their inner being, that their inner man would, would be changed. And yeah, listen, I know we all have stuff going on. Uh, around us. I know that things in life get crazy, but what you don't need is for things on the outside to change first. What you need is, is for God to rearrange and to change you on the inside first. Because you can be in a hellish situation. You can be around hell and still have peace because Christ is going to work in your heart by the Spirit. So Paul is praying, man, God, that, God, that you would establish and give power to their inner being. And then Paul says that, that, that this inner man, this inner being, he's being transformed, the Bible says, day by day. It's, it's, it's the center of you. It's, 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 it's who you are that God is really trying to change now with the aid and help of the Holy Spirit. He's working on your inside before God gets to the outside. Now, when was the last time that God, that you prayed, God, will you please allow the Spirit to establish, to strengthen, and to give me power to change on the inside first? God, don't, don't, don't do this change. The, and, and for most saints, we pray prayers that even most heathens can pray. Heathens can pray your prayers. But here's what, I, here's what I haven't found them doing is praying that the Father who owns all and everyone would do a change in, the, in their inner being. That God, would you please change my heart? Will you please change? Will you please work on my motives? 
Stuff that man can't see. Well, will you please work on it? And, God, and, and he does that by the Holy Spirit. And so Paul is praying that God, that you will begin to work and begin to change them. Look what, look what one guy said uh, 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 about uh, this, uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. He said the, the person and personality of the Holy Spirit has been subject to neglect through the centuries of the Christian church and is seldom understood by 20th century Christians. Here's Paul praying that the Holy Spirit would do a marvelous work on the inside of them. But when you come to church, when you hear conversations of most Christians, what we're not praying for is that the Spirit of God would do a marvelous work in my heart. When was the last time you prayed that? I don't God, I don't need another such and such. I don't need one more spouse. I don't need my kids to get right. What I need is for you to change my heart, to change, to rearrange my inner being. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, that is my prayer for Stonegate. That, Father, God, that you will begin to do a work on their inner man, their inner being, in such a way it would even amaze us. That when it comes to our motives and when it comes to our agendas, Father God, that the Spirit will begin to rearrange them to the point where God, our motives is simply to please and to glorify Jesus. I know, God, there are people in here struggling the God, that the reason why we do stuff outwardly is because we're still struggling inwardly. But I'm praying now that your spirit will establish and give power to deal with any struggle that's going on in our inner man. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, how would you know that this would happen? So, number two, it says that Paul, he prays that Christ would dwell in their hearts. Now, now, y'all, now this here is good. I like this. Because, because, so, when you are saved, you are placed in Christ fully. You're good. God got you. But here's the issue. We ain't got God. So, 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 God has us. You, you good. I got you. But now he's trying to get him inside of us. He's trying to get him. He's trying to get us from where we are in Christ. For now, for Christ being in our hearts, in our minds, he's trying to have Christ take full residence in, in our being. When I was uh, coming up, there were certain rooms that I wouldn't allow my, there were certain rooms in, in, in areas I wouldn't allow my mom to go in. You couldn't look under my bed. You couldn't look in the closet, but my room was clean. But if you look under the bed, if you look in the closet, you would see a huge mess. I gave her access to certain areas of my room. And it's kind of like what we're doing with Christ. We're giving Christ certain access to areas of our life where he can't chill in all of them. Do you not know that Christ, he wants to chill 
every area of your life. He wants to relax. He wants to, he wants, he wants to dwell. He wants to make his home, his abode in your heart. He wants to, he wants the whole entire thing. But the problem is, we won't give it up. There are areas in our lives that we would rather be comfortable than let Christ be comfortable in. So here it is. So, 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 as the, so, so as the Spirit is establishing and giving us power in our area of man, his whole aim now is to let Christ dwell fully in our hearts so that we stop cussing as much. Stop doing sin, certain sins. That, that the more that the Spirit of God puts us and we, are, and we yield to him and allow him to take residence, the less struggles we will have. So here's the issue. We're, we're, we're not giving him full reign. But the Spirit's job is to, is to, is to show us how marvelous Christ is. And hey, this man, he's so got it going on. Why not let this man chill in this area of your life? He's not chilling it everywhere. And we won't yield to him. We, and we would not allow him. Can I ask the question why? This is bad English. But isn't he gooder than anything or anyone that you know? Why is it so, why is it that, that, that Christ has to struggle with you in certain areas of your life for him to make his abode. Now watch this. It's not you doing this. When you read Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 17, it says, so, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Here it is, that at the moment of salvation, here's what Christ did. He, he overflooded you with love. So now that you are rooted and and that you are now grounded in his love. And so from this love, he's saying, now love me. Now listen, this, this rooting and grounding is what we call the perfect passive. It's something that God has done in the past that still has effect today. And you had nothing to do with it. That without your volitional will, when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, he grounded you and he rooted you in his love. That's why Paul can say, so nothing can separate me from his love. You are rooted and grounded and that would never change. So from that, he said, why don't you let me now develop this kind of love inside of you? But listen, it's not you doing this. It's the work of the Spirit. So look what Paul says in verse, in verse 18. May have strength, so here that you, verse 17b, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend, to apprehend with all the sense of what is the breadth, the, the length, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all understanding. This is the language and verbiage of one who has been surprised and overwhelmed with the love of Christ. 
understand, you can spend your every day, every second, every hour drawing in my love, and you will not, and you will never understand it. That my love for you, it surpasses your little mind. It, it, it surpasses your ability to, to even to, to comprehend. You can't. Einstein was considered a genius, and he used 13% of his brain. Genius! Now, if he's that at 13, I'm at a six, y'all. I'm struggling. Amen? So, uh, pray for me. If, if he's at a, at a 13 and he's considered a genius, I, I'm at a five or a six. So, there's 87% of his brain unused, untapped, untapped. And he's, he's, he's a genius. A man at 100% use of his mind still can't understand how much God loves him. So we are going to spend eternity basking in how much this man loves us. You would never, you would never know. You would never know on your best day how much Christ loves you. But it's the work and job of the Spirit to reveal as much as he can while you are living. You will never get it. Do you really know how much he loves you? I know we said that, man, that when we look at the cross and we see this, and, yeah, and there, there are times because we're still in our falling nature that we make light of the cross because we're still sin. And yet God, there's a guy, uh, there was a question in one of our groups. <laughs> I said, man, when can I stop loving this dude? This dude is chipping. When can I stop? Lo- when am I okay to stop loving this dude? I said, when Christ stops loving you. Her hair went down. His love surpasses your ability or your intellectual proudness to understand. Paul is simply describing, man, that God's love will blow your mind. And I ask the question, how often do you allow his love for you to blow your mind? When I look at the mess that at times I am, when I look at how much I don't pray like I should, how much I don't read like I should, how much I don't serve and love my wife and my kids and even you like I should, and yet God, he still loves me. He's still there for me. He's promised, and even in my muck, even in, in my sin, when that stuff you would never know about, that he knows that while I committed, while I was saved, God was there with me, he saw it all, and yet he still loves me. That blows my mind that a man can love me so much in and, and this way that he's promised I would never forsake you. I would never divorce you. You're always mine. That love does something to me. That, 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 that I want to come to church. I want to give because he loves me. 
it's, it's just a small sign. It's a small token of appreciation, God, that God, I love you, but God, I know that your love for me, it, it, it so surpasses my ability to love you back. So I'm just grateful that you love me. When's the last time you said, God, I just thank you for loving me? I don't care where you are in life. I, I, I don't care what you're doing. I care, I care. How much you tend to hide that sin that, that God knows about, he still loves you. And you cannot change that. Father, here it is. That we at times tend to take your love for granted. But Father, here is my prayer, God, that we would fully, God, begin to understand in some sense and in some light with the help and aid of the Spirit how much you love us. God, this kind of love should cause us to worship. This kind of love should cause us to praise, to obey. But it doesn't always. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, will you help us to live in some light of the vast love that you have for us? In Jesus' name, amen. I'm like, I'm like, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm going on. There's this quote that, 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 that uh, one guy had, uh, 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 that uh, one guy says, uh, uh, it says, Christ's love is vast into a totally different realm where the normal faculties of rational apprehension are incapable of functioning. <laughs> what, did he, what did this guy just say? I don't know. But it was deep, wasn't it? He said that our normal faculties of rational apprehension are incapable of functioning. But, when, but even though the love of Christ surpasses human knowledge, observed by Theophilact, I, I found his name, hit say it, so I got it right. Yet you should know it if you have Christ dwelling in you. This love that we can't even fathom or understand, we know it's in us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that crazy that something we can't understand <laughs> lives in us, abides in us, and we know it to be true? Last thing that Paul Praise for us that they may be filled with the fullness of God. Yeah, I have to go. Okay, I have to go. It says, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, this is not saying that we can be God. Because we because we have we have God in us. But we also have this sinful nature. So we, we struggle at times letting God 
users. I was talking to a friend, and I would say, man, do you not know, man, that there are times when, when, when God can use us in such a way where people talk about him and, and, and not us, that we can be filled by the Spirit to the degree where, 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 where we're actually, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, we're imitating God. That's, that's crazy. Well, well, there are times in this life, in this walk, when we're saved and been filled, controlled, according to uh, Ephesians 5, 18, that, that, that we can mimic, imitate God. We can do that. We can actually imitate, mimic some things of God. We can also, no, 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 when you look at this, this fullness of God, it's really captured in Ephesians chapter 4, verse, verse 13. It says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That, 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 that. This, that the Holy Spirit's job is to create such an, an appreciation and, and pursuit of God's dwelling, of, of Christ's dwelling in our hearts by this love that spreads in our life. That, 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 that we now become mature Christians. We become complete saints. Here's, what we're, that, that we're, here's how you know when, when, when a saint has this down. That, that, that they're able to love just as God loved them. And there are moments when that's, that's true. There are some people who have, who talked about me, my wife, my mama, and, and probably you too. And, and, and what God does in those moments, he says, I want you to forgive them just as I in Christ forgave you. And listen, that's crazy. But it's doable. But you cannot do that of your own strength. That's something that the Spirit of God has to do. There are some people, of course not in Stonegate, but somewhere else, that are walking around bitter, holding a grudge, mad at the neighbors. And can I tell you, that's not something that the Spirit is prompting and wanting you to do. That what, what, that, that what he wants you to do is to display the glory of God. That, that, that because the Spirit of God rests inside of you, and he's now allowing Christ to dwell, to, uh, dwell in every area of your life. And, and why? How? Because you are beginning to understand at some length how much God loves you. This should cause you now to be mature in Christ. Where you start, now you're actually being conformed into the image of Jesus. It's this idea of fullness that Paul is, is, is uh, 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 praying for. And so we're at, at this c- conclusion, he now gets to his doxology. And I just want to read this slowly. Because what we've just described from verse 14 to 19 
It's only something that God, the Spirit, can do. He wants to establish us. He wants to give us power. For what? Because to recognize that because we are rooted and grounded in God's love, that he's not, uh, uh, he's not given the task of showing us how vast God's love is for us because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. And with that now, this should bring us to some fullness of God. Now, when you get to here, now Paul says, now unto him. who's able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. When you look at this verse, it's called a compound superlative. This is not good grammar to most people who understand English, but it's great theology. What he's saying that, that, that when it comes to, to, to who God is and what God can do, that, that he, he tops it. God always does an end one. Always. So, so it kind of de- described me of Exodus when, when Moses is saying, God, who shall I say sent me? Now, now he's asking God, who shall I say it's sending me. And I'm sure God is saying, well, I'm this, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, oh, I'm that, I'm this, I'm what? Just tell him I am sent you. Because God, he's able to do whoever he is. He's able to do whoever he is. He said, yeah, yeah, this is something I want us to, that God is able to do anything plus one. Now, then he says, whatever you ask or even think, you top it. Your, your grandest thought about God, whatever, according to God's will, that you want done, God says, ask it and I'll do it. There's nothing you can ask God that God can't do. Nothing. He's able to do anything. But do you believe that? Do you believe that God has the ability and power to do anything because he's God? Paul is saying, ask it. He'll do it. Think about it. And he'll do it. Whatever you can seek, your grandest thought, I can do it. Healing. Salvation. If God can raise you from the dead, what can God do? He, he got you from the corpse. You was dead. Unable to do anything. And God, he quickened you. He, he made you, he made somebody who was dead alive. That's you. When you search the gospels, when you see Christ giving sight to the blind, healing to the deaf, causing the mute to talk, Lazarus dead. When folk say, he's dead, he stinks. God says, but it's not done yet. That was spiritually what God is doing to a lot of us. And to those folks you have given up on, God says, I'm able. 
I'm able to do it. I'm able to change around a marriage. Ask me. He's able to. I'm able to make a heart content. Ask me. He's able to do it. My God is able. I trust a God. I know a God who can do anything because he's God. Matter of fact, here's what the psalmist says. My God, he sits in heaven and does whatever he pleases. He's God. Now, the same God that we see is also the, the same God that Paul says is the power that works in us. What is it that you thought you couldn't do? Man, right now I am taking Hebrew and I'm saying, God, I'm good with a D. Just give me a D and I'm good. <laughs> this stuff here is hard. Hey, 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 he remind me, son. Have you asked me to help? Son, have you been dependent on your 6% brain to do this? Yup, God, I have. Son, wrong answer. Your 6% can't get this. I promise you can't. Ask me to help. I, and they're like, you're right. Down here, all of a sudden, I start memorizing paradigms and vocab. But that, you actually really work. <laughs> I am really dumb and you're really smart. God, will you help me to understand? Listen, listen. If he can help me to understand Hebrew, I promise you. I promise you. I, whatever you're struggling with, he can deal with it. I believe it. And the struggle you have, any concern you have, God is able. But he's also able to do it through you. Isn't it marvelous when a God who is so powerful says, I'm going to work in you. I'm going to work through you. I'm going to use you for my glory. That's what I'm praying for. The God that, that as the more the Spirit allows Christ to be blown up in my heart, the more I would recognize that you can do anything in me. Anything. You name it. Patience, he got it. Tolerance, forgiveness, your kindness to me, folks. He can do it. He can do it through you. The problem is, we won't let them. We won't yield. We're selfish. We desire vengeance. Right now. Not tomorrow. I want it right now, God. When the Bible says to leave room for vengeance. For I not deal with them. But while you, but, but while folk are doing you bad and doing you wrong, you bless them. You do good to them. And, and, and I got them, and I got you. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly uh, above all we can think or even ask according to the dunamis, the power of God that lives inside One last thing, I'm done. For five years, 
five and a half, almost six. Probably, probably six and a half. I don't know yet. I loved my wife in a selfish way. It was, a, it was an eye for eye and a tooth for a tooth. It was, a, it was a selfish kind of love. And I said, God, will you please do something? Because what I'm doing there is making a mockery of your grace and mercy. And you know what he did? He did something. He changed my heart. Where I'm learning to, not perfect, to love my wife as Christ loves his church. Verse 21 says, this kind of thing won't happen just now, but it'll happen forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Where are you? Where are you? I'm tired of living a natural life. I'm tired of doing what Muslims can do, Buddhists can do, good guys can do. I want God to do something supernaturally in me. So I'm asking now more consciously all the time, God, fill me with your spirit. Control my mouth, my words, and my actions that they might glorify you. Continue to show me how much you love me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.